0: So here I am, foolish enough to take on the challenge from Dr. Bowman and Father Greg and for the third week in a row tackle the reading from Job. For two weeks now we've heard about Job and his trials and tribulations. He's lost his wealth and status, his children, absolutely everything. He is at a breaking point in his faith in God. And even his friends blame Job himself, believing that his suffering is somehow punishment from God for something Job did wrong. But Job makes his case that he has not done anything wrong, that he has lived righteously, as God himself previously acknowledged to Satan. So if you remember last week's reading, Job cries out, Today also my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his dwelling. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, but he would give heed to me. Will Job get to lay out his case before God? Will God tell Job why all these terrible things have happened? Will God restore Job's reputation and vindicate him of any wrongdoing? Will Job's wife and friends be shamed? Tune in next week. (laughs) Just kidding. Now, really, we're going to look at how God does show up for Job in today's lesson. In a whirlwind, for dramatic effect, when God shows up, he completely turns the tables on Job. Instead of sitting down with Job and leaning in and listening intently to Job's questions, God says, out of the whirlwind... Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Uh Uh-oh. God does not show up as Job, or we, expect. God shows up speaking of God's own goodness, specifically in the realm of creation. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Who shut in the seas when it burst forth out of the womb? Have you commanded the morning since your days began? Can you send forth lightnings? God is saying to Job that the created world is full of good things that all interact with one another. And sometimes in those interactions, creatures are hurt. In other words, sometimes bad things happen, even to very good people. And there is no, or more likely, humanly understandable reason. That is the part that is so very hard for us to accept. And in today's reading from Mark, we see the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder as they are sometimes known. James and John take a posture that is really kind of diametrically opposite to Job. We've watched poor Job be stripped of everything, sitting in the ashes, scraping his sores with a potsherd, wishing for the deep darkness to cover him over now we see James and John, who have been by Jesus' side throughout his ministry, who have heard Jesus tell them all three times what would eventually happen to him, but who still never seem to understand what Jesus means when he says, the Son of Man will be handed over, condemned to death, and then they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, And after three days, he will rise again. They missed the point of all the lessons about becoming like a little child taken up into Jesus' arms, about giving up one's possessions and status in order to inherit eternal life, about becoming a servant of all in order to become truly great in the kingdom. Gosh, they were thick. And it seems that James and John have become a little puffed up in their estimation of their role as disciples of Jesus. So they say, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Let me just tell you that statements like that never go very well. James and John have the temerity to ask to be seated with Jesus In his glory. Right there amid the glory of the presence of God. As if any human being could withstand that. Jesus' reply is deadly serious. Do not know what you are asking. It reminds me of a scene from Star Wars episode 5. The empire strikes back. Luke Skywalker has been training with Yoda, cute, green, wise Yoda Jedi Master. When Luke learns he must confront his destiny with Darth Vader, he earnestly says to Yoda, I'm not afraid. And in a moment of the most incredible puppet mastery I've ever seen, the cute Yoda, Goes deadly serious. Just a little bit scary. You will be. You will be. Jesus and Yoda. What a pair. Both know and have a complete understanding of the future, as fearsome and deadly as it might be. Job and James and John and Luke Skywalker do not. And we do not have a complete understanding of how all things work in this universe. Perhaps that is why Job's plight and Jesus' chastisement of the disciples are so hard for us to take. Sometimes God just shows up to reorient us to force us to look at even the harshest, ugliest, scariest parts of our life. James and John have heard three times that Jesus will suffer and die very soon. But they only want to skip over that part and get to the good stuff of sitting at Jesus' right and left hands. But Jesus firmly reorients them. The cup that I drink, you will drink. It won't be pretty or easy or fun. You're not afraid? You will be. On Friday, Brother Sean Glenn of the Society of St. John the Evangelist posted the following. If I were to simply go on believing in a God who fulfills my every wish, who protects my ego from the pain of loss and failure, I would very quickly come to the logical conclusion that there is no God. But if I let my images fracture, the actual God, the living God whose love upholds every moment, begins to break through. A God whose purpose, love, and faithfulness do not depend on human visions of success, or failure. We are really bad about creating God in our own image. We want to use God like a vending machine. We put in our prayers and God produces what we ask for, but only the good stuff. We have our own notions about justice and fairness and what's right, or maybe even what we think we deserve. We could hear God say to us, just as God said to Job, who is this that darkens counsel with words without knowledge? In these last few weeks, and even one more week to come next week, we learn a couple of truths about God. Number one, no matter what, God shows up. Even in the bad times even when we are hurting or cursing or crying, God shows up. Number two, when God shows up, and God does always show up, we might not always like what happens. We may be expecting God to write some injustice or answer some particular prayer right then, or comfort us in our sorrow, Or maybe even our self pity. But see, number one, God shows up. That's the good news of this hard scripture. God has not turned from us to go and gaze on a more beautiful part of His creation. God has not gotten into that chariot of clouds and ridden away from us on the wings of the wind. As we sit here in the ashes, especially of the last two years, lamenting what we've lost, and perhaps a little pridefully patting ourselves on the back for our perseverance, God, in all that power and glory, has not forsaken us. God is right here. God always has been. God always is. God always will be right here. Amen.